So I'm Al Zacross. Um, I moved to Texas about a little under two years ago. Um, just a quick geography lesson if you're not familiar with the Houston area. Houston is the fourth largest city in the U.S. I really didn't know that till I lived there. So it goes New York, L.A., Chicago, Houston. Uh, Metro Houston's probably something like 7 million people, a little over that if you count all the surrounding suburbs. Um, moved there and was shocked to find there was no Bitcoin meetup. Um, I think there had been something prior to COVID and they just kind of stopped meeting. It was a little more like crypto in general focused. Um, so I was going to awesome bit devs every month. It's about two and a half hours by car from where I live in Houston. And, um, they were able to unchained to put me together with a, uh, a guy who's a lawyer in, uh, in Houston. We used his office to start it off. Um, Justin Moon came out, Ben Carmen came out, um, Vivek Seared Salmon came out, um, Phil, Mr. Sue, and, uh, and then we had about, I don't know, about 15, 20 people local. And it was typical kind of like going over news items, a little bit of Bitcoin 101 for people who are new. Um, and we did that in, in the office for probably about three months and it, it grew and grew. And then uh, Parker came through Houston one day and we had lunch and he kind of had a vision for the focus of it being to mining and energy what Austin is to developers. Um, Houston is the energy capital of America. The oil industry is based there. Um, Texas, we can get in this later, but Texas has kind of a unique grid set up. So there's uh, kind of a free market grid there. A lot of those companies are based there. And Unchained started pushing it through their account. Parker was pushing it through their account. And we grew from about 20 to 70 people in a month. Um, did that at a bar one month. And we were literally standing on tables, just kind of shouting over the background music. Um, and then, uh, the next month after that, we were like 300 people. So we had, you know, it's, uh, I was on cheat mode, honestly, like I can't take all the credit for that. Obviously you had a big microphone from Unchained. Um, but yeah, so we've been going from there. Awesome. Thank you. Sid. I'm Sid. Uh, I do not actually have a meetup. I live pretty far from here. I live in Thailand full time. I moved there in 2019, but I born and raised in Chicago and so being out of the country for the last two and a half years, I wanted to come back and see what America has become. And as I was you know, interacting with Bitcoiners, especially through Twitter, I noticed there's all these meetups popping up that weren't there in 2019 when I left. So I hatched this plan to buy a motorcycle and do a road trip around the U.S. and meet Bitcoin meetup organizers. So I went to, I think, 31 different meetups over three months riding 11,000 miles around the US this summer and got to meet a lot of the people in this room. So learned a lot about how to start a meetup and different strategies and saw meetups all the way from three people to 300 people. When, uh, when Bitcoin, uh, Thailand, when are you going to start that one up? Oh, it's coming, yeah. baby. It's coming. Love it. Yeah. All right. KBN. And then I'm Shane from the Knoxville Bitcoin Network. Um, I just recently moved from Bakersfield, California six months ago. I started the Bakersfield Bitcoin meetup there as well. Um, they got Lengthwise Brewing Company. They accept Bitcoin payments, Lightning only, and they also have a Bitcoin Hazy on tap. I uh, got a job in uh, the Bitcoin space with Grid. So I moved out to Knoxville six months ago. I knew I had to keep that Bitcoin space going out there um, since there was an absence of one. So I started the Knoxville Bitcoin group, got my buddy Valor here with me. Um, another buddy, Connor, helps me run it. So started doing that six months ago and just love what the Bitcoin space does. Um, big believer in local action leads to national impact. And if not me, then who? 
And so um, I just love the educational experience that Bitcoin meetups provide and the connections that I get to build with each, you know, Bitcoiners is just unbelievable. So uh, just looking forward to keeping it going. Love it. Thank you, guys. And again, my name is George McHale. Uh, I'm out of Arizona. So we run a, a network there of three different meetups uh, across town. And been doing that for about a year since I moved there. Prior to that, I was in California, in Southern California, um, and helped organize the Orange County Bitcoin Network. So excited for this conversation. Uh, I broke up this panel into three sections. All right, so we're going to get into the nitty gritty of uh, starting and growing a meetup. The first section is frequency and format. So I want to talk a little bit just about the nuts and bolts. I know some of the questions that came up when we were doing introductions around venue specifically. So obviously here at Bitcoin Park, this is probably goals for everyone. Um, with respect to Austin, I think Austin's probably the other known meetup that has its own physical location. But I want to talk about as you're getting started, right? We all can't start with, uh, you know, a beautiful venue like this. But how do you find a venue? What do you look for? And uh, talk to us about the, the search process and securing it and the relationship with the venue. And then I want to ask Sid, I'll come back to you and ask uh, sort of what the most memorable venues you visited were. So Al? So we have a pretty unique venue. Um, we do our meetings at a place called uh, Alara Garage in Houston, which is basically if you own like a high-end car collection um, or, you know, just like a, whether it's a classic car or a sports car or something like that, that you only take out once in a while. A lot of these rich guys keep them in this warehouse. It's called the Lara Garage. It's got um, its own mechanic. It's got its own detailing service. And there are just hundreds and hundreds of cars at this place. It's massive. I mean, there's cars on two floors, um, everything from like 1950s Jaguars to Porsche GTs. And there's a space out in front that's a rare car dealership. Um, and in this big space, they've got TVs on the wall. Um, is where we set up every month. Um, we found it kind of by accident. So as the meetup started to grow, um, when we hit about 70 people, we were at the, that bar I was telling you about, and it was it was a bit of a mess. We didn't have any AV. Um, I'm standing up on tables, just like yelling news items and stuff to people. Um, just we're trying to discuss things at the top of our lungs. And there was a woman who attended whose boss is an investor in a Lara garage. So she told us about it. Um, Next time Parker was in town a couple weeks later, we went and toured. Um, we talked to the guy who owned the dealership section and set it up from there. And it's actually been so successful to them that they decided, oh, wait, we can rent this out to a lot of people. Like they weren't using it as a venue for anything before. And they actually invested um, because you have to picture it is a warehouse. It's metal ceiling, concrete floor, massive, massive space. First couple of times we did it in there, it was very, very hard for people to hear because of the echo effect. They actually invested, I think, about $20,000 in soundproofing in the ceiling, which made a huge difference. But they realized because we were getting so many people every month that, oh, wait, we could rent this out to all kinds of people to use. Um, so it's really cool. And it's fun to take people on tours. Um, sometimes beforehand, we'll do a small group. You ride up, there's a car elevator that you ride up to the second floor and just see all kinds of crazy stuff. And it's just a cool venue. It's, it's an unusual space. They also do art storage and wine storage there. Um, but yeah, it went from just a, an attorney who is a Bitcoiner using his office to the bar to Alara pretty fast. But that's probably one of the weirdest meetup spaces I would think that anybody's using right now. And totally by luck. Love it. Thank you. Give me in. And then, uh, so my first experience was starting a Bitcoin meetup in Bakersfield. I was fortunate enough to have the owner of Lengthwise. He's the guy who orange filled me. So he was like, hey, why don't we, you know, you can start a meetup, have the meetups here. So it was an easy experience, you know, um, 
just was very fortunate. They had a great spot, spot for it. And then when I moved to Knoxville, uh, that's when I really had to kind of work and uh, start hunting for a place. So um, originally it just kind of started me and my fiance would go around, check places out to eat and stuff. And just I'd look around. Um, I am was a uh, substitute high school teacher. So I'm a firm believer in the educational experience that people can get at meetups. And, um, you know, a lot of people, when you talk about Bitcoin, they're just like, oh, I don't know anything about it. And then if they go do their own research on the Internet, it's very easy to be led astray and possibly you fall down the crypto uh, hole. And I'm a firm believer that is Bitcoin, not crypto. And I wanted to provide a space for people to learn. So I was I kind of looked for a spot where we could get a little more private, intimate space. I would love to have um you know a private venue for it but for a lot of people i know that's unrealistic um so it's just kind of eyeballing you know i don't want a crowded place where we get you know music playing over us we can't hear each other whatever so honestly i kind of looked for a spot that's not too crowded not too popular and then um just asked if they had any space available and um it took a few times, me and my buddy Valor, for when we first, when I first moved to Knoxville, we were hopping around, going to different breweries. Um, people generally want to have drinks and food available when they're at meetups, so I think that's a great thing to have. Um, so we went to a few breweries that didn't have food, and I was like, no, let's go somewhere else. So we, I mean, shoot, we probably went to like 10 different places, you know, scouting out. And um, I ended up finding a place at the Mirage Knoxville and it was a little private venue. They were closed during the week. So he rented out the space to us and we just had to cover tips for the bartender. Um, so it's, I know it's a difficult task. I talked to other meetup organizers starting one and honestly, it's just trying to find a spot, you know, go with it for a little bit, get somewhere to get going. And then I think with time, you know, you're going to, as your meetup grows, you're going to realize like what your needs actually are. And then you'll be able to go out and search her for that in the future. And right now, like we had a spot, but now they don't have a bartender to work those nights. So I'm actually having to start looking elsewhere again. And because I want to provide that space, they had TV so I could hook up a laptop to it, do PowerPoint slides and everything. Um, so now we're losing that. So it got to start going on the hunt again. So um, it's definitely a difficult ch challenge, but um, with a little bit of persistence, you know, it, you'll always find something. Yeah, thank you. That was great. I think you hit on some of the really key things, right? The the noise situation, making sure people have access to food and drinks is, is a really important thing. Uh, if you can get an intimate place with good AV, then it's great for a teaching environment. I think another important one is parking, right? And making sure that it's in a central location. People don't want to drive more than like 25 minutes to get to your meetup. So, um, and it does take time. Sometimes you got to try three or four different places. But then that's also not true as far as, man, because I know when I started getting into the meetup scene, I was traveling around. Uh, Matt from San Luis, I've heard of him traveling all over California. I guess that's true. Yeah. Um, People, you know, corners are crazy. They'll, yeah. they'll drive. Yeah. They'll drive a long way. You're right. But ideally, it's in a central location where they don't have to. Um, all right, Sid, tell us about the most uh, memorable meetup venue and sort of what you appreciated about it. So I, I have three in mind. Uh, the first one is the Lara Garage. That was 
just an amazing venue. I think that meetup especially pulls in a lot of people from the energy community who don't know too much about Bitcoin and tries to educate them about it. And it's amazing to have that space because it really, it presents Bitcoin with authority. You're in this like beautiful garage with beautiful cars and it's not just a dingy bar or something like it, it really uh, presents a really bright face. So that's one. Um, the other one is, I don't think we have anyone here from Minneapolis, but Minneapolis is a big meetup, like 80, 100, 150 sometimes people. And they do it at a distillery that was started in Minneapolis that has this crazy history. It started a year or two ago, I think. But the guy who started it comes from a family of like shoemakers and they have a bunch of family money. And he wanted to create a, like a distillery in his home city. So he went to Ireland and found the best distiller in Ireland and convinced him to move to Minneapolis to create a new type of American whiskey that's never been created before. And the guy just turns out to also be a Bitcoiner. So that space, they get like a private room that rents for some obscene amount of money normally, but they get it for free every month. So that's also a really incredible place to bring people, new people who don't know anything about Bitcoin, then they're not just walking into a bar. They you know, are in this like grand space. So those are obviously like very unique and special. Um, another one that I want to mention, oh, key, something with key, Keeper's Heart. Keeper's yeah, Heart we had good. some at the uh, Beefsteak for uh, Bitbalk Boom. Oh, really? There was a few of them there. It was really good. Yeah, it's, it's great whiskey. Um, the last one I want to mention is also in Houston, and it's run by a small group called AstroBits. I don't think either of the organizers could make it, but... Um, they run just a small kind of slightly more technical, but just a smaller version of what the large Houston meetup does. And it's around a table. So they do it in a co-working space and the room that they have is just this giant conference table, which makes it really easy for people to have like three to four person conversations or everyone around the table talking. So you just get really high quality conversations, I think, in that kind of environment that are different from a bar and it attracts different types of people. It's another thing I would say about venues is most meetups that I went to started or were still in some sort of bar format and it's in the evening, but that attracts a certain type of people and uh, engenders certain types of conversation. So you can create different vibes with different spaces. So if you do a co-working space, you're going to get much different conversation. You're going to attract different people who don't thrive socially in a bar. I also went to a couple meetups that were just in parks, which is completely free. You can bring family, you can bring dogs. It can be not just a hardcore Bitcoin meetup, but you can bring your kids and everything. And it's more of a social get together. And it serves a different type of person who maybe comes home from work at seven and doesn't want to go to a meetup or can't because they got to take care of their kids and they got to do other things. But at 12 noon on a Saturday, they got plenty of free time so they can go do that kind of activity. So there's you can think more broadly about venues and try different things exactly to your point like try different venues see what works different venues will fit different types of meetups and different aims love it so hopefully that venue conversation is helpful for those of you getting started um let's move on to frequency and format so how often do does your meetup gather and how do you balance uh, this is one of the questions i get the most when people are asking about starting a meetup how do you, how do you balance the casual bitcoin meetup versus the educational format versus socratic so whoever wants to take that. So we're once a month. Um, we're usually the the last Thursday of every month. Um, and we try to be really consistent with that. Um, we find it helps, um, especially for, 
you know, like you were saying, we get a lot of people from the energy industry. Um, we get a lot of younger guys who are trying to orange pill their bosses. Um, you know, picture the the Exxons of the world. If you're, you know, a 60-year-old exec with Exxon, worth a fortune, been doing it the old-fashioned way for a long time, you're not really interested in hearing about Bitcoin um, and you don't take it seriously. If you come to something like this and there's 300 people there, a lot of them from your industry who are who are mining out in the oil fields, you start taking it a little more seriously. So that that was important to us. Um, we, you know, we're a little bit different in that we have a specific focus. We are mining and energy focused. Um, we didn't want to do Bitcoin 101 all the time. Um, when we first started out, it was a little bit more of that. Um, you know, we we had more of a general focus. Um, I know Nate's meetup in Houston does a lot more kind of educational, hands-on type stuff where like here's how to use lightning or here's how to use this wallet or whatever, um, which obviously is super useful for people who are new. Um, but we're aimed at the at the mining and energy market mostly. But we start off doing kind of general interest. Um, I'll read a lot of news stories. Um, I tend to comment, editorialize a lot on things, share my own opinions on it. Um, we do general interest stuff. We get into regulatory stuff, um, sometimes global events that might affect Bitcoin that aren't necessarily Bitcoin events. Um, then we kind of, we usually wrap up with mining stories and we have a panel every month. So the panel is usually guys who are either, uh, power brokers. Um, so just to touch on that. So Texas has its own energy grid, which is unique in the United States. The state has its own grid. And because of that, it can set its own rules for the grid. And it has essentially a free market in energy. You can buy from a lot of different brokers. Um, that creates an industry that does not exist in most parts of the US. So these guys are selling and have their own deals with a lot of the large mining operations, Riot being a big example of that. Um, so they, uh, you know, there's there are business deals being made at our meetup, which is kind of cool. There's things that are growing out of that. Um, but it'll be those guys, it'll be guys who are kind of wildcatters who are out in the oil fields. Um, you know, the guys from Giga are there a lot, um, who are building equipment. Um, you know, they're converting, uh, trailers into mining operations, filling them with ASICs. So everything from hardware to guys who are land brokers, power brokers, um, oil exploration guys who are looking to, to sell stranded gas. Um, and the panels will talk about all that stuff. And then there's, Usually we've got Griffin Haby up there, who those of you familiar with him, looks like a miniature Magnum PI. Um, Griffin's really, really funny. Griffin can talk. Um, he is the most rah-rah Texas guy I've ever met in my life. Um, and that is always entertaining. I mean, he he can just go off and he's, you know, he's obviously an expert in the field too. So um, but he's he's one of our regulars. But that's that's our format. And then we do a lot of uh kind of mix and mingle before and after as well. Nice, but the but the main thing is you you meet every month, so you have the consistency, so people know yeah. what to expect. Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, yeah, we meet once a month as well. Uh, I knew primarily starting off, I didn't want it to be a full time job for me. Um, I don't drink, so I'm not looking for that social time every week, going out to a bar or something. Um, that's just me personally. So, um, yeah, do it once a month. But also, like, if anybody's traveling from out of town, I'll throw like a spe you know special meetup for that. Just a little social time for those who want to gather. Um, so I'm always open to have more available. But it just depends. All you know, you kind of got to feel your crowd depending on the size of your meetup. If there are people who want to get together more frequently, you know, you could always adapt to that and change more. Um, I've always said from the get-go uh, at our meetup, if there is a demand for us to meet more frequently, I'm always open to that. 
But for while we're just getting going, we'll just start off once a month, let the excitement kind of build up for a little while. And hopefully people won't get burnt out right off the get go. But like I said earlier, I'm a firm believer in the education of Bitcoin. So we've started off doing uh, topic focus each month. Um, I love the way Rod and the Nashville guys do it here. Um, specific topic, you know, it guides uh, discussion throughout the meetup. It's not just kind of getting there like, oh, okay, well, let's, you know, and then um, I want to have Bitcoin discussions. I want to have my mind challenged. I want to get to learn from people because um, I got in Bitcoin in 2021, so I'm still very new. Um, so the fact that I get to go to a space and get free knowledge from people who have been in the space longer than myself is very beneficial. And I love the fact that I get to, uh, have my thoughts challenged that way. So, um, it just kind of all depends on, you know, the crowd and what you guys have. If you get a group of really good friends and you want to get together every week, um, you know, by all means, that's great. So, um, yeah, our numbers have been kind of dying down. So now I'm just kind of like, Okay, we'll feel it out, just try to get numbers back up. And we might even start going to a little bit of social events for, you know, a couple of weeks, whatever, because um, it's actually just been our last meetup was like six people. And it was just like our core group of people. So, you know, we didn't necessarily need to do a presentation for that. So, um, but, you know, bear markets and people, come, you know, going in hiding uh, and with time, more people start coming out and we could do presentations and stuff again. Yeah, we've, we've noticed the same thing. Um, bear market blues, people not showing up. Also, the summertime, I think people just are on vacation. So I think expect attendance to sort of die down in these environments. But yeah, I think to echo what you said, it's it's all about feeling out your uh, your local scene and also not burning yourself out. I think it's a really important point. Um, you know, we'll talk about who you co-organize with, and how you select that person. But I think whatever works for your co-organizers co is really important to find a balance and then create consistency. So we, we in uh, Arizona, we do it every week, once in Gilbert and then once in uh, Scottsdale. And then Tucson meets about once a month. Um, and then we mix between just a casual hangout. And then once a month, we do an educational thing. So people kind of know what to expect. And then we use that educational component to draw in new people, which is the next thing I want to segue into is promotion. How do you communicate? How do you, where do you find new people? How do you get people to come to your meetup? And then um, how do you get them to stay and come back? I think it's really just word of mouth. Um, obviously, the Meetup app, um, Twitter. I uh, I have an account for the Houston Meetup, but it's really my own Twitter is where I do most of the uh, publicizing it. But then, like I said before, Parker and Unchained's accounts are just really, really giant microphones. Um, so you know it, that made it very easy for us because that that was a huge flashing red light of, Hey, come, come see this. Um, but then there's word of mouth between attendees too, of energy industry guys who are, uh, who are trying to red pill their bosses, trying to make deals and find other guys in the industry, um, meet people at different levels. If you're, if you're in the oil industry, it's, it's split basically into upstream, downstream and midstream. Um, the guys who actually own the wells tend to be more like mom and pop operations. The huge mega corporations are downstream. They're more the refineries and all that. Um, so people from different levels trying to meet each other there um, to find kind of synergies there. So it, it mostly is word of mouth, but obviously Twitter from a large, well-known company in the space helps a lot too. Yeah, Unchained is a very big advantage for sure. KBM, what about you? How do you promote? Uh, definitely on Twitter. Before I got into Bitcoin, I wasn't on Twitter. Uh, and the guy who orange-pilled me is like, dude, if you want to learn about Bitcoin, you got to get on Twitter. So 
I ended up doing that, started posting on Twitter, but I also saw a lot of other meetups uh, using the meetup app. Um, so I hopped on that as well. I don't necessarily get a ton of traction on it. I'd say mostly from Twitter and word of mouth, definitely. But I'm a big believer in, uh, uh, what is it? Gorilla, gorilla promotioning, uh, just putting up stuff all over town, trying the best I can. I'll put little, uh, I make business cards with QR codes. So I'll put those in stalls. Uh, if I see like Bitcoin ATMs, I'll go put one on a Bitcoin ATM. Um, just trying to pass those out to everybody. Uh, I'm a big believer in the, you know, communicating with people personally. So just anytime I could make a connection and speak to anybody about Bitcoin, maybe drop, give them that first Bitcoin touch. I'm always uh, saying, hey, we also got this meetup group. If you want to learn, it's a great space to come and learn as a new person. Um, so, uh, but I've also seen, you know, the, uh, we're open for recommendations, trying to find new ways of promoting this because um, like we saw in the group chat for this uh, on Telegram, you know, meetups isn't the best way of going about it. Um, I've heard of other people starting Facebook groups, which I could, I feel like there could be a lot of potential for that. I'm not on Facebook enough, nor do I want to be. Um, so that's one way of going about it. I think that could be a very beneficial way of gaining new people who aren't familiar with the Bitcoin space at all. Um, that's just not something I've gone down yet. But um, yeah, primarily Twitter, word of mouth. But while we're on that topic, I think this applies to everybody in the room. If you want me to promote your meetup on my account, just hit me up in DMs. Um, and I'm sure everybody else would probably think that too. I don't have the biggest account on Twitter, but you know, it may be bigger than some of yours. And if I can help publicize that, you know, I'll post the link. So just hit me up. Not only that, also, if you are a meetup organizer with Twitter, help promote other meetups, uh, events as well, you know, retweet those because you never know what meetup has a follower from that area. And I've came across that before. So please do help, you know, push a signal retweet that stuff and get the word out. Um, one other thing I would add is like, try to reach out to the the community the same way you were talking about with business cards and all of that. Um, you can talk to like your local chamber of commerce, like all these local organizations. I have a feeling that they're kind of desperate for things to do and stuff to happen in their community. It seems like local community stuff is dying all the time. So I know the Milwaukee guys do a lot with their like local governments and talking to them and trying to figure out how do we get Bitcoin on a bigger scale, like get get the mayor talking about it and that kind of thing. So um, think about that as well. I know I talked to Heidi and Santos and Phoenix too, and they were talking about doing like a Bitcoin night market. So reaching out to different small businesses that they know or food trucks, getting them to accept Bitcoin and then getting them all together in one place at one night. And then that's a great way a bunch of new people can come in and learn what Bitcoin is. They can pay for things with it. You can have a mini meetup and then you can say, well, if you want to do this more often, we have a meetup. You can come every month or every week or whatever. So that's a great way to pull a bunch of people in who could be curious about it or they just you know, want a taco, but they're going to hear about Bitcoin anyway. Yeah, love it. So, okay. Facebook, Telegram, meetup.com, Twitter. Um, I would just add too that, you know, in order to grow, you have to retain people uh, and they have to keep coming back. So uh, Telegram has been a great tool for us. It's one of the, like the first questions if someone new shows up, it's like, hey, are you part of our Telegram? Get them in that Telegram group, get them in the whatever tool you're using to organize people so they can hear about your next meetup, so they can keep in touch and that, so they keep coming back. Um, all right, let's move on to 
the art of organizing. So what do you do when shit corners show up? Um, we had a little bit of this at the beginning. We luckily don't really deal with it now, but when we were smaller, um, we had a guy who was a really young guy. He was probably like 19. Um, and he would always come and, and bring up that stuff and basically politely said, we're Bitcoin focused. Um, you know, it doesn't bother me if, if people want to be into other things, I, I will tell them why I think they're wrong. You know, I don't feel like I need to like silence them or anything like that. Um, I'll just tell them you're wrong and here's why. But, um, you know, it, it, occasionally I will see what, you know, when we were very new, we had a guy join, it was before we did our very first meetup, I was at a Starbucks and I was wearing an Unchained Capital shirt and it says friends don't let some friends sell Bitcoin on the back. And this guy came up to me and uh, he said, you know, I'm really interested in Bitcoin. Da, da, da. And I told him, come to the meetup. And he's a, uh, he's a preacher and he wanted to like teach his congregation about it and stuff. And he kind of fell in with this, this guy. And I'm still like all the time I'll get messages from him on Telegram. Like, well, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? A couple weeks ago, it was like, well, but what do you think about XRP? They have all these deals with the banks. And it's just like, you know, it's these narratives from like that have been out of date for years. Like, dude, they're being investigated or they, you know, but, uh, and I'm constantly, constantly, constantly explaining to, uh, to him, you know, so I, you know, we kind of politely have told people this is Bitcoin only. We haven't really run into any trouble for a while with it. I think, I think they get the idea. Um, once in a blue moon, somebody will bring something up, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've heard of a few meetups where like people had to basically be told like, please shut up or leave, but we haven't had anything that bad. Yeah. Um, you know, we live in a world with an illusion of choice and I've seen how easy it is for people to fall down that crypto rabbit hole. And I believe being a meetup organizer, I, the fact that somebody is going to come to my event and they may have a different belief you know, I can't just go around chasing them off and to think that that person could possibly be a valuable member in the future of our meetup if they just have a better educational experience. You know, maybe they just weren't taught some of the things that we could teach them at our Bitcoin meetup. So for me, I see it as a challenge for myself. One, if they could show me that Bitcoin isn't what I believe Bitcoin could be, that'll free up so much of my time. And, you know, so I'm up for that. However, I've uh, yet to have that happen. So, um, you know, I just view it as a good opportunity to onboard somebody else. And if you go at them hard enough and they aren't going to, you know, be open for discussion, then more than likely they're just not going to come back and I won't have to worry about it again. But, you know, we I want everybody to find what, you know, I found. And I believe that's going to be an opening to a beautiful world. And I want everybody to have the same opportunity that I have. And because I want the generations, you know, to follow me, my kids, my grandkids to have the life that I think they can on a Bitcoin standard. So, you know, I can't just go chasing off all the people who don't agree with me. Um, after living in uh, California through COVID, uh, I learned that I definitely cannot go around and just expressing the way I feel with everybody. So. I've kind of taken that same experience uh, with Bitcoin and shitcoiners. Great answers. Yeah. I mean, it's a really delicate uh, part of, of organizing, right? Because like you said, we want we want to convert people. We want to orange pill people. If they're showing up, a lot of times they don't know what they don't know, right? So, all right. Last question before we move into Q&A. 
I'm going to start with Sid on this one. Um, what's the common thread that you've seen? Like, what's the end game of organizers? What, why are they doing this? Why keep getting people together? I'm still trying to figure out the answer to that question. I don't know that. I think a, a lot of people, um, I've heard a lot of answers. Like, I've heard some people, I think it was, might have been Drew from Milwaukee, said, I just wanted to find other people that are also interested in Bitcoin because I, I can't just talk to frogs on the internet. Like, I need to know that there are real people out there. <laughs> who are also interested in this and feel like I do. So I think a lot of it is just people meeting, wanting to meet like-minded people and create communities. I've seen a lot of energy around circular economy. People want to meet other people who uh, align with them on values and they want to trade with them. They want to build a, a community. They want to build uh, like kind of a citadel or self-sovereign a group. I think there's a lot of talk in Bitcoin about self-sovereignty and there's this idea that you live on a mountain with a bunch of guns and ammo and never fuck with anyone else. But, oh, excuse me. Um, sorry about that. But you can't say really, here. most of us don't want to live like that. So uh, I think meetup organizers are kind of bridging this world where we can live with other people and we can trust other people, but we're going to do it on our own terms. We're not going to trust a government that's a thousand miles away. We're going to trust people that live next door to us. And Bitcoin meetups are the way that we're building those communities and self-selecting the people that we do trust and building those webs of trust. And I've seen a lot of people trading things at meetups, buying things, because there's you know farmers that, and homesteaders that live in these towns who are growing incredible produce that you can't find in a Whole Foods or you, you can't buy it for 10 bucks because it isn't theirs, and but they're growing it. So they're trading it to other people in their meetup and kind of building these, these communities and economies from the ground up. So that kind of feels like the end game to me. Do you have anything to be in? Um, yeah, I started going to meetups primarily to learn. I wanted to go connect with other Bitcoiners and then starting, you know, two meetups. When you come across somebody on Twitter and they find your meetup and you get a message like, wow, I thought I was the only Bitcoiner here. That's a pretty, you know, warming experience to have and to realize that you're putting on something like that. So once that first time in Bakersfield, somebody messaged me saying that, and then we get together, you know, like-minded person, have great conversation, and then we continue to build that and have somebody else come in a little bit later saying, oh, I thought it was the only one here. And that continually happening, it just, it keeps me going. It keeps that fire lit under me and to realize that I'm putting on a space like that. Uh, where people were, you know, really wanting to have that experience. And um, so that's what keeps me going. Uh, it's a learning experience for myself and it allows me to be around like-minded people. And especially because I just moved to a city with no friends, no family, um, it's been a way for me to establish really good relationships. Um, I moved there with my fiance and my other co-organizer is not here. He's like the same age, has a fiance the same age. So now we go on like double dates and stuff. And like we've just built such great relationships that I want to keep that going to see who else, you know, I could build that relationship with. Um, me and my buddy Valor, we work together as well. So um, in Bitcoin mining. So, you know, just just what Bitcoin is doing for me is giving me so much hope for my future. Um, I just want to provide that for other people and. Uh, it's just, I can't stop. Um, so Matt kind of struck an emotional note at the start of this. And to, to kind of continue in that thread too, I think, you know, if if Bitcoin, there, there's so much, you know, we get together and we kind of hype each other up with this. But it, 
it really is true that if Bitcoin is what we think it is, it's going to be one of the most important things that has ever happened in human history. And, you know, to be part of that, whether it's things like this or other conferences, or if you're working for a company that's building something in Bitcoin, is like for me to just to be part of this community, aside from my family, it's probably the most important thing I'll ever do in my life if Bitcoin is what what we think it's going to be. Um, you know, and that's that's kind of a reason to to get out of bed and do stuff like this. It, it's it's incredible. Um, you know, we may not all individually be in the history books someday, but what what happened in this time period for sure is going to be in the history books someday. And to have been part of that is is something incredible. Um, and just to add a little to what Sid said too about um, the the Citadel attitude. You know, there is a lot of that. Um, which is fine. Like I, I think being prepared for things, being, you know, I'm a big believer in being armed and, and prepared and all that, that's good. But to really build a world, it's it's community building, you know, whether it be this or stuff like Texas Slim is doing or any of that. Um, you're never gonna read in a history book how how a culture flourished and their ideals spread because they built the one strongest castle in the world and just hung out in it. Like that's not how it works. Um, you can survive like that for a while, but you can't build the world that you want to build by doing that. It's by building communities and, and all of the, the knock on effects, the second order effects that come from that. And that's what we're doing here. And like, what, what is more important than that? Like what, I don't know what I would be doing without this. That would be one millionth as important as that. Like, Oh, I went to a great restaurant last night. Okay. That's cool. But like, that's, that's not, that's not something that's, you know, that matters in the grand scheme of things. This matters. Amen. All right. You guys matter. You heard it here first. Cool. I think we are out of time. All right. But obviously, we'll be around um, all the rest of the week. So appreciate everyone's time. Thanks, guys. Thank you.